You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sombrano. And I'm Evan Klosky. I'm back. Back again. We always appreciate it. And we are the host of the Locked On Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making us your very first every day. Be sure to check out and subscribe to all podcasting platforms as well as our social media channels, Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Rays. And you can email us anytime, LockdownRays at gmail.com. Getting right into it, Evan, you are a noted, devoted New York Mets fan. I what am. is wrong with your franchise in the sense that they have to spend $354 million to have a losing record? Well, money doesn't equal happiness, right? So look we all want to have money we all want to spend the money on these players but in the end you have to do so responsibly and on top of that you have to then have the players perform so i mean you want to talk about the money they they've sunk into this team let's talk about it brandon nimmo he's done pretty he's done pretty well he's got the contract he's been all right um you invested 40 million a pop to 40 year olds which is risky it, yeah. like it's not i mean you're getting them on the tail end of their career after logging all those innings and i understand the history that they have but max is wearing down uh verlander uh, you know who knows he just came back from a month off and you know he had a couple of good starts a couple of bad pitches to isak Perez, which really ruined his outing against the rays um and then all the 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 supplemental p i mean look you paid edwin diaz and the world baseball classic knocked him out uh, Sanga, as we saw last night, was fantastic. He, he can't pitch on the road, but he can pitch at home. Uh, Lindor batting, what, a, batting like 230, 240. Like, that's not good enough for a guy that's making all that money. Pete hasn't been performing up to his, uh, his capabilities outside of uh, an early home run tear, which put them on a good win trajectory. Uh, the relief pitching is trash. There's nothing in the farm system worth of arms. Anybody canna like uh eduardo escobar uh i mean Marte. daniel vogelbach like yeah Marte has been crap this year those peripheral pieces luis guillorme all these guys who were supposed to help out and did a good job last year they stink so now you got to call up the young guys and see if they can do anything so there's a lot there's a lot going on and it really makes you appreciate a little bit what the rays do because you know they build within they cash out before you go down the tubes. And, um, you know, that's – I know fans want the Rays to spend more money, and I think they can do it sometimes. But but ultimately, they do end up spending money when they can on their own people. And you saw that with Wanda Franco. You saw that a little bit with Manuel Margot. You saw that with uh, Yandy Diaz, Jeffrey Springs. They're very much in favor of the continuity. Um, and, wow, Jose Siri hit another home run. So, there you go. Hey, we're not missing Kevin Kiermeyer. It's the Jose Series show. And we're Dude, enjoying he, it. I mean, that that play he did last night, my goodness, was incredible. That that running with the backhand to steal McNeil uh, from yeah. the double. Uh, terrific. And, yeah, Kevin and I were talking about it before the, the show. Uh, it, it was going to be very hard for race fans to uh, not miss Kiermaier. Was it, uh, though, because he was always hurt, 
and there always well, seem to be a lot of KK complaints. I, First off, look at, yeah, look at look at Kiermaier this year though for Toronto. Yes. He's hitting he's hitting like three twenty five. Yeah, yeah, he's almost three thirty, man. Now he he's he's, what? he's been killing it. Yeah, he's, good for him. Good for him. Uh, just uh, need a new hip. Just need a new hip. He just needed a new hip, exactly. Yeah, who who would have thought? Uh, like my grandfather, going... just needed a new hip. Yeah, right. Uh, going back to to you know the the way that the Rays and and the Mets operate differently. Do is there not a a gray area for this, Evan? Do does it have to be very fiscally responsible and conservative, like the Rays operate with their budget? Oh, and then the other one is just spend willy-nilly like Steve Cohen. Is there not a happy medium between the two organizations where you can find the optimal, you know, point? Yeah, I mean, you have to strike the right balance, of course. Look, Major League Baseball is ass-backwards in the way that it does free agency. It really is because, right, the best years are from 20 to 28, and you're under so much control through those years that by the time you become a free agent, you know you're getting uh, two to three years left of their prime and the rest of that contract is going to be crap. But to get them, you have to pay for the crap years so that you can get them in the short term. So that's a bit problematic in the structure of baseball uh, where, you know, that's why you see the Rays, you know, want to immediately pay people. They did it with Brandon Lau. They did it in a bigger fashion with Wander Franco, who we all think that deal is going to be a steal. Yeah. But again, for Wander, he's at least going to be making money for six years versus whatever the heck he was going to make and waiting for that big payday. Yeah. Um, we even saw that the Rays were trying to get Curtis Mead under contract early. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, look at the Braves and what they do with their structure. It's no secret that when you feel like you have – the talent at a young age, pay them early, deal with the the money that you you would save during the RB years and all that crap, the pre-RB years, and buy out a couple of their free agent years. And that will work itself out in the long term. And then you can let them go and have somebody else pay for the downturn. So, you know, I, I think that the Rays certainly exaggerate the fiscally responsible side of things, but they are a low payroll team this year. They've proved that fans can come out, but let's not make it any bigger than what it is. You're still bottom third in the league in attendance. You know, that's just the reality of it. And if they get a new ballpark and they don't have to foot numerous amounts of the bill, they might be willing to make a little bit more of an increase in that payroll. Thanks for doing us a solid, St. Pete. We appreciate the savings. Here's a little bit more money to the team. Oh, fans are coming out. Here's a little bit more money to the team. So that's really, you know, this is really kind of the first year that I've been here and the first year in a long time where a media member can kind of go to, to Stu Sternberg and say, hey, fans showed up. What are you doing to answer that? And he can't yeah. use that. He can't use that sort of like nobody's coming to the ballpark as an excuse. But the Rays fan base needs to remain consistent throughout this year. And the team certainly is proving that you should want to come to the ballpark. They are a ton of fun to watch. So maybe they can find some money to uh, to hire a, a pre and post game 
show host on the radio. They still have yet to do that. They're just yeah, spinning their wheels, they're, evidently. They're, well, they're 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 filling in with uh with with J and Z, right? Jay and uh, and Zach Lobner. So highest ratings they, in the market. Yeah. I keep saying it. Nobody believes me. I don't get it. But uh, um, but yeah. So you know, yeah. look, the Rays are never going to be big spenders. But uh, I I do think that recently they've we probably leaned on the fact that they're cheap spenders, when in actuality they're they've been pretty fiscally responsible these past few years where I don't know if they have operated in this fashion that should upset fans. I don't, you know, like name me somebody that they like, they didn't spend enough on Freddie Freeman. I mean, was, I don't know if Freddie was even going to choose Tampa. If there was a competing market, he ended up going to LA, but they went after him. I mean, they just, you know, they're, they have their price and they're not going to go above or correct so correct yeah they paid Eflin, so they you know they, yeah, they, yeah. They, they do make moves well you uh, know uh i i do have to say that they do make moves but i like the moves that i make when i'm wearing bird dogs <laughs> Bo- boys can I'm, we get that on video what what moves are you making i am telling you when i wear these puppies people <laughs> are looking and they are just so happy that i look better because it's a comfortable fit and they're versatile. You can just wear one for the golf course if you're Kevin. You can yeah. go to a meeting if you're Evan, or you can hang out with friends and wear these bird dogs. They are tremendous. So, or today, Ulysses, let me jump in too. You can also yeah. do some construction in the office, like Evan evidently is, uh, by the uh, stepladder that's in his backdrop. Yeah, you can do those too. Why not? Again, these are versatile pants slash shorts. So today, go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB. And when you enter promo code locked on MLB, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. Yeah, you heard me right. Okay, so today go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB. Get yourself something that's going to make you feel good. And remember to enter that promo code locked on MLB and they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. All right, uh, Evan, we're about a quarter pole through the 2023 season, a little bit more than the quarter pole of the season. And I posit this question to you. Who would you crown or name the Rays team MVP as of this recording? Would it be Wander? Would it be Yandy? Would it be Randy? Would it be Shane Mack? Would it be uh, the new rules changes? I don't know. Um, I'm pretty like torn on this. It's, it's a, for me, it's a three-way race between Randy, Wander, and Yandy. And, um, but you have to give it to one. If I have to give it to one, and and to me, I, I want to say Yandi, but I truly believe, and this is how I'm going to do it, like most valuable player. If the Rays ever lost Wander Franco, they'd be in. Um, it'd be a problem. Yeah. Now, not a big problem because you, Taylor Walls is. I mean, yeah. Whoa! Holy crap! You, exactly. Wait, have we even so, talked? Uh, with you about Taylor Walls because Taylor Walls, hello, hello! <laughs> oh my goodness, this guy's at more than a 900 OPS right now. Yeah. Evan, could you not make 
the argument that he could be the team MVP? I mean, I would certainly say that what hit, you know, when you have championship caliber teams, what Walls and what uh, Josh Lowe and what Bethancourt and Harold Ramirez and all these kind of supplemental players are doing around the stars, that's how you do it. I mean, and they're exceeding those expectations. I mean, Taylor Walls has taken everything I said about him in 2022 and just shoving it right in my face. Hey, Evan, why don't you take this, huh? Take a little bit of that. Um, no, it's been fantastic to watch, right? We, I mean, he's always been valuable with the glove. Yeah. You know, and even talking with him before the season, he said, like, my job this year going into it was to try to be at least a hard out, like to, to do something. And uh, and he's more than that. Like, my goodness. So, yeah. but my, my choice would be Wander. I just think he does everything. He is truly uh, – the engine for this offense. He's right in the heart of the defensive alignment. He's been stealing bags. I mean, he's going to be a 2020 guy. Mm -hmm. He's going to maybe steal 30 to 40. Oh, wow. Jose Siri almost just robbed it. Mark Vientos. Wow. Tie game. Holy smokes. Jose Siri. Jumping in with the play-by-play. Yeah. I mean, Mark Vientos got called up, and there he goes. There he goes against Thompson. Oh boy, do we need uh, do we need bullpen help? That's Evan? a good point. I mean, uh, that's a good that's a good question to ask at this very moment. But yeah, I'm gonna go with Wander. But I, I do think there's an argument for Yandi and what he does at the top of the lineup, and the home run pace he's on is ridiculous. Yeah. I don't like. I mean, unheard of, honestly. Um, and but yeah, I mean, with relief pitching help, I would say. Yes. Um, I, what do they I, need? Do they need another high leverage arm like a Fairbanks and and Adam? Do they need somebody to just kind of eat the middle innings like a Thompson Poche? What What do they need? I mean, for me, honestly, what it comes down to is we have to get closer to the trade deadline because right now the team is okay in a best case scenario, right? I think if you laid out the best case scenario from this point forward. Jeffrey Springs is gone. Let's even assume that Drew Rasmussen is not a thing. Let's just say he's, he's out for a year. Um, going into the postseason with um, Glasnow, uh, McClanahan, Eflin, and let's say, you know, Todd Bradley or, you know, Fleming, who's done some, some great things. Uh, you know, one of these bulk guys. I, I think you're, you're able to, to get through that. Uh, and then you factor in Fairbanks, Adam, Kittredge should be back by the end of the year. Uh, Sean Armstrong, you have like, I mean, Poche, you go down the list and you're okay. I think you're okay. But now let's talk about reality, right? Glass, Glass now is constantly injured. I, I think John Romano at the time said he's never made 13 consecutive starts in a season. So I've been saying this. He's the Kiermaier of the Rays pitching staff. I, I mean, I don't think that's wrong to say, except that that I would say Glass now at his peak is is better than what KK there. was, and and KK wasn't a low either. I mean, I, I say that with respect. Like Glass now, when he comes back, is going to be a force. Yeah, uh, I have huge expectations for him uh, when he returns, and that's him and McClanahan would be an insane one-two punch, but. You know, there's that. Um, you know, McClanahan broke down kind of towards the end of last year. Had a great postseason, 
that that pitching performance against Cleveland, but he wasn't the same back half guy. Um, Eflin also an injury riddle dude. He's never pitched that many innings before, and we'll see how he goes towards the tail end of this year when he's logging more and more innings. Um, Taj Bradley is going to be on innings watch throughout this season. I would imagine it's going to be a phantom IL stint at some point to manage his innings. Um, and, and so, I mean, it starts when you start thinking of worst case scenario. And again, mentioning Drew won't be available. Even if Drew is back, he might be like this two, three inning guy, I think, maybe on a, going back to like a bullpen role of not forcing him. We'll see. But I just think that P. Fairbanks. We need to see him pitch in cold weather. Like it's a problem that he can't pitch at the in cold weather. Like that, that's when I need you. Um, yeah. October. Yeah, I can't. I can't have you pitching only in trop games in October. So right. maybe that can work in a scenario where I get another high leverage guy. What are you going to do? Just split up Jason Adam and, and Fairbanks? And I mean, that, the whole point is to have a seven, eight, nine. Yeah, you know, I mean, very rarely are raised pitchers going into the seventh. So you need a seven, eight, nine, and you can't just go if every day the same seven, eight, and nine. Like you, no. so you need a little bit of depth there. So I think by the deadline we'll determine where I'm going with this team. Somewhere in that staff they need to holster it because while I'm very confident in the depth of this, it's crazy how much we flipped a 180 on how we feel about the hitting of this team versus entering the year versus yeah. the pitching. Because yeah. right now the pitching has tons of depth, like entering the year and it's pretty depleted. Like we're talking about whether Colby white can make a return towards the end of the year, a guy who we're high on. I mean, his whiff rate is insane, tons of strikeouts, but he's coming off a significant injury and he's never pitched in major league baseball so what is he going to do yeah upon there seems the to be a lot of hype for a guy that's yet to pitch a major league game. yeah so it's a, it's an un, it's an unknown so uh, you know my well, thing well, is when you look when you look at the farm system for the rays they're pretty depleted with their arms i mean outside of wilcox montgomery and i would say white i mean what what, what would you say anymore? i mean like i uh, what what would you say to somebody saying, "Look, you're overreacting"? My goodness, Colby White can can, can make an, a contribution. Andrew Kitcher is going to to come back this year as well, and Sean Armstrong is going to come back. What do you say to those people naming those three guys as additions to not worry at all about the bullpen? It's it's fine to say that, but you have to think about the other side of the coin too. You can't just say that and and say poof, it's going to happen, right? Like we have to rely on historical references here. Colby White, as we just mentioned, he has not pitched in Major League Baseball, and he's coming off TJ. We don't know what he's going to do. We don't know if his stuff's going to be the same. Now, normally there isn't a holdover and success. You know, like he should be the same guy before as after, as we've seen with the surgery, but. That's not to say he's going to come to the majors and crush it. He might have a learning curve. There might and, and you want to throw him in a postseason scenario? Like, I, I don't know that. Maybe by September I have enough of a sample size to say, hell yeah, this guy's awesome. He's the eighth inning guy. Like, that's possible. I'm not saying he stinks. I'm not saying that. He's an unknown. He's an unknown. He's a question mark. It's so hard to project the future with him as a part of it. If he's there, great. But let's table him until he's healthy and we've seen him pitch minor league games again and the stuff's still there and let's talk about that at a later point kittridge love him same story coming off of tommy john how quickly is is he going to rebound will his stuff look the same you know before the injury 
you know, he had that that remarkable 21 season. Then last year before the injury happened, it wasn't as sharp as it was the year before. So it, it, which version are we getting out of Kitty? And I love Kittredge, but again, unknown. Love him, optimistic, but it's not something where it's like, boom, he's back, lock it in. Like, no, he's not. So, you know, that's uh, that's an issue. And then Sean Armstrong, uh, respectfully, last year on the relief uh, in the bullpen, at one point he was the bottom guy. Like he was the guy that he was the oh crap guy. And then he turned him into an opener and all of a sudden things started clicking a little bit. But like, let's not make Sean Armstrong into this, you know, world beater here. Like he was like, I don't know where this developed, where it's like Armstrong will be back. It's like, yeah, I love Armstrong. He's great depth, but he's right there. I mean, to me, there's no difference when you're talking about like Poche, Thompson, all these guys. Like to me, he's right there in the middle of just trying to ride a hot hand in that group of very, of very good relievers, but I don't know if they're high-leverage relievers. They're guys that you need during the regular season, but when push comes to shove in the postseason, it's really going to be who's kind of catching on in August and September. So I'm not trying to rain on anybody's parade. I'm not trying to say that like these guys aren't good enough. All three might be good enough, but nobody out there can tell me that they know that answer right now on, on May 18th. Yep. So – that's my debate and my questions and what I'm throwing out there. It's not a definitive yes or no. It's that we don't know. And you have to understand there's a gray area. Yeah. Very fair. That is uh, cogent analysis and observations by Evan there. We have more to discuss. But first, we have to tell you about our new sponsor called So Rare. So Rare is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 MLB teams, including the Rays. They didn't forget about the Rays. That's good. Uh, Unlike other fantasy (laughs) baseball platforms, so rare managers truly own their fantasy experience, collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards, and there's no cost to play. Plus, the more you win, the more you advance, collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next-level competitions and rewards. So you need to head over to SoRare.com slash on. That's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E.com to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's so rare.com slash locked on to start playing today. All right. Uh Evan, to close the show here, we actually have a mailbag question that we wanted to oh. posit oh. to you. Um yeah. this from uh Darren Hybert, who's uh, checked in with us several times before his question is this or comment and question is, I feel like Josh Lowe has benefit from consistent playing time. That being said, our memories would have to be pretty short to not appreciate what Manny Margot can do. Do you like how the Rays are handling their playing time and what will be the strategy going forward? Does a straight platoon do justice to Josh Lowe? Here's my response right now. Why fix something that's working so beautifully? If Josh Lowe is succeeding 
with the amount of at-bats that he's getting, I don't think you need to press more on him. And I think that's the beautiful part about this team, right? I think there's a quality of A, not breaking down, B, you know, like kind of staying fresh, but also the fact that they're not kind of being put into situations where they develop bad habits. They're kind of working off good mood to good mood, game to game. And I'm worried about with more at-bats with some of these guys outside of the the Randys, the Wanders, the Yandys. Those guys are staples. Everyone else, to me, if you maybe expose them more, then they're not going to be as productive as we've seen. It's right like Taylor Walls. We love him this year, right? Um, and Brandon Lau, we, you know, a lot of people have been crapping on him, but it swings back because he just hit a two run home run. So that's a four, two ball game as the Tampa Bay Rays are a wagon, um, off of Adam Adovino. So the fact is if you play them more, I'm afraid that they're going to get exposed and, and going back to my Taylor Walls point is let's say that Wanda Franco goes down and you play Taylor Walls every day. I have a tough time believing that Wallsy isn't going all of a sudden that average isn't going to go down a little bit. All of a sudden that OBP is going to go down a little bit. It's just, you, you're, you're not going to get the same version of them. So I think the strength of this team is that truly, and I think you see a lot of cliches out there in baseball all the time about this um, truly from one Wander Franco to maybe the bottom of the bench who I don't know who we would say, Francisco Mejia, um, who Luke would Rayleigh? Luke Rayleigh, um, I, like who, who is, who's at the bottom, you know, like regardless, these guys are playing, they're getting a lot of at bats yeah. and the Rays are using them situationally and setting them up for success. So Josh Lowe is playing a lot of times because there are numbers working in his favor in certain matchups. Manuel Margot is getting those those looks as well in certain matchups. Luke Rayleigh is getting that in certain matchups. They're sitting Brandon Lau against tough lefties. They are mixing and matching and putting people in places to succeed. So it's not just a straight line. Everyone plays, and you go through the ups and downs of facing bad matchups. They are setting everyone up for success. And in doing so, you're seeing the fruits of that labor. You're seeing them all come through at different points in the season. And that's why the numbers are the way they are. And that's what we're missing a little bit from the pitching side of things, especially when we look back at the Yankee series of how not confident cash was into putting some guys out there, mm-hmm. forcing Ryan Thompson out there a little longer yep. and he blew it up. And, and it's like, he did his job and then you, you kind of made Shane him McClanahan. more. Shane McClanahan, McClanahan, he didn't trust the bullpen, you know? He, didn't try, he tried to get more out of him and said, you know, so he doesn't have those fears with hitting. He's out there in the seventh and eighth inning. You're in, you're out, switch here, switch here. And, you know, we can go back to, you know, removing Josh Lowe from the game in, in the Bronx where he was hot as a pistol for Manuel Margot. To me, I didn't like that move, but, I, you know, I think once in a blue moon you have to be emotional. I think that's the one element that Kevin Cash misses come postseason time. Yep. You need a little feel. You need a little bit of just, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna freaking put, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put some money on more money on this hand, this blackjack hand, because I'm riding a damn heater right now, and I just need to just sometimes you just gotta do it. I, I just I, got I a feel. 
Uh, yeah, I've got. I mean, and I and I get it. Obviously, most of the time you should go with the data, the analysis. That's why it's yeah. there. But sometimes you got to stiff arm a nerd. But sometimes, but sometimes you have to remember that these are human beings that are playing the game. They're not just Excel spreadsheet numbers. And that if Josh Lowe is feeling good and he is at the plate feeling like a damn king, let the damn king swing the bat. And in that instance, I agree with that. And that's, you know, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people are more emotional where I appreciate Kevin Cash for not being emotional, but that that's the line that, you know, Kevin Cash just keeps it pretty. He is the same. He's consistent. And I respect that. Yeah. You know what you're getting. He's never done anything differently. So I respect that. But I do think playoff time, you need a little bit of marbles. You need some marbles and you just need to go with, I just need you to say, like, I felt it. And I, it's something, if you don't do that all the time and like, to me, you're just like in that situation, if I rather, I rather go down with low um, than Manuel in that situation. And that's kind of how I think in those scenarios, like, am I going to regret that? And, yeah. and I, to me, that was a regret, but it, who cares? I mean, that, that right, game, was, right. that, that, look, that game was lost. That was, that was not like the reason why they lost or other no. things that led up to it. But that's just, those are just my things. And wrapping back to the point of going back to Josh Lowe and needing more at bats, let them hitting, do their thing where they play selective matchups and rotate guys in and out and make favorable matchups. People are surprised why these guys are performing well. And it's because of the confidence of the bench. It's, it's just, there is no weak link. There really is not. Um, and, and that's the scary part about this team come playoff time is how well they are going to match up with teams and their pitching uh, prowess from the first, second, third, fourth, whatever you throw at us, we got we got someone for this. We got someone for that. We got someone. He can go out there and we'll move first to third, third baseman to second base, second baseman to outfield. Like they don't care. Like everyone does everything. It's it, it, it's it genius. It's genius. And it's like that's you're seeing all the guys who have won titles in the minors now doing this stuff at the majors. It's it's. I know it sounds cliche, but this team's biggest strength is the collective. That's what it is. Yeah, is that they're just stronger together, and and, and and you can keep guys warm and 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 ready at any point in time in the game. Yeah, and that's the the DNA of really the franchise since the ownership group took over. And it's not like oh we lost Aaron Judge, we suck now. Like it's one guy goes down, another guy steps up and fills. So, yeah. um, quick question before we end things here. Actually, two questions. Mm -hmm. Yes or no? Will Shane McClanahan serve an IL stint this year. How am I supposed to know that? I, I Yes, I I mean I'll go with the the odds. The probabilities are probably he will serve one yeah. uh versus not serve one. So, but I'm not expecting it. I don't think that there's anything that that alerts me to that. Okay. Same question but for Zach Eflin. Uh, yes, mostly Another because one. he already served a short one for his back, so I imagine if that's a chronic thing that's got to be taken care of, yep, they'll have to do that. Yeah. Odd questions. But, but I, don't know. I can't predict injuries. I, I, I'm yeah, just no. saying we, the the team might need some starting pitching help at some point. We, uh, for sure. And uh, and and if if you want, I mean, you know, for me, I already floated it out there. There's, there's no trade. Like people want trades. Trade. 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 No one's making trades in May. 
Okay, people are in it right now. There are two teams who probably are looking for trades right now if they can find the right one, the Royals and the Athletics. Those two teams are definitely out of it. So if you want to trade for like a Brad Keller, if you want to make a a, a hero sized offer for a Raldis Chapman, because you'll if you do oh, it now, Chapman, he is not the Rays would never go I'm after just, him. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just telling yeah. you the people who are available. You okay, want, I mentioned. I mentioned uh, Adrian Martinez of the Athletics. I look at his 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 pitches. I, I think there's something there with his slider. So he wouldn't cost much. But outside of that, like, you know, and and Brad Keller would be kind of a hey, Kyle Schneider. You think you can make this guy not walk the farm? Like, if he doesn't, I think we got a, we got a guy who can eat up some innings this season. So, yeah, I think it's some – you know, but we're seeing that from them. They're not making trades, but they got Deekman. They got Zach Littell. They're bringing up Zach Birdie again. They're bringing – you know, like, they're doing these these shapeshifter moves, yeah. and they're they're testing it out. They brought in Javi Guerra. He's back at Durham. They'll probably bring him up at some point this year again. So – they're not making deals, but they're getting guys. You're getting people throwing the pen. And if they get one more starting pitching injury, you bring up Torinos. You yeah. bring up uh, – it, it's. I'm not worried about the regular season. It, but come trade deadline, we have to talk about who is going to be in that, that playoff rotation. And that's why people just need to take a step back, understand it's a 162-game season. And personally, you should not be trading for pitching on May 18th when – Let's say you trade for them and they get injured. What are you going to do now? Huh? Why not give them another two months with another team and make sure that you're not, you're not trading something that's about to go down for the year for T like, you don't know. You just don't know with pitchers. I like wait until the last possible, uh, at least not the last possible moment. Maybe, maybe like a week before, but at least get me to the closer to the deadline. So at least I know what I'm getting versus assuming a lot of the risk by grabbing you now and then hoping you stay healthy the whole year. Doug Wechter, start warming up that arm. Start hitting the gym. Dude, yeah, I think he still th- I still think he hits the gym. You see that guy? He's ready he's ready to hurl another uh, another yeah. inning or two. Yeah. He talks baseball, he sells real estate and he hits the gym. And the Rays might need him at some point. Sweat, that's also what Kevin Weiss does. <laughs> that's accurate. No lies told there. All right, uh, Evan, where can people find your work? Uh, follow me on Twitter at Eklosky WTSP, Instagram at Eklosky, head to 10tampabay.com. We always are uh, posting stuff, not just on the Rays, but Buccaneers, Lightning. We're in the offseason right now for both of those teams. So it's Rays time, baby. The Rays have been waiting years for this summer coverage because the Lightning are not in it anymore. And they picked a hell of a time to have a great team because they're going to get it. So we'll be, we'll be all over that. And, um, and again, you know, I'm, I'm usually posting some musings about the Rays every day on Twitter, at least some thoughts some question. So send it my way. As long as you're not a jerk, I'll answer. Yeah. And as long as you're not a Twitter bot and you have a that too. Uh, real picture as your avatar, whatever. All right. Uh, thank you, Evan. We appreciate it. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe, and we will talk to you tomorrow.